You're level 5, and you've stepped out into the sun of Elwyn Forest, having received your first mission to venture out into the world of Azeroth. Ready for adventure and packing your best green rarity sword, the open road is a new adventure with many paths to explore. Life is good. Seeing a crystal clear lake with some NPCs, you head near the coast in an attempt to clear some bears and boars that require murdering. In the distance, you see a small bipedal figure meandering around the shore. This shimmering figure appears to be alone, so you beset upon it, charging into battle. And so begins your first lesson in the world of Warcraft that, where there is one murloc, there is always more. You try to turn to face the coming flood of frogmen, gurgling a war cry at you, but their nets have locked you in place. An archer with trained hands sieges upon your body. A shaman prays to the giant fish god of Crystal Lake and sets lightning to strike your feet. You try to run and heal, but it's no use. There is nobody to save you from a shallow, watery death. Worse yet, your corpse now sits in murloc territory. This is your fifth time trying to retrieve your body. And so is the experience of almost every World of Warcraft player. Dragon Quest has slimes, and Final Fantasy has bombs, and other enemies, but no NPC epitomizes WoW more than the Murloc. The closest thing WoW has to a mascot, the Murloc is not only one of the most recurring enemies in Azeroth, but also a cultural touchstone, appearing as toys, on shirts as plushies, and in music videos and commercials. So, why the love for these cat-eating, gurgling weirdos? Well, lucky for you, the host of this podcast is not only a fan of murlocs, but one of their most ardent defenders. So, today on Essence of Azeroth, we get back in the game to talk about the scourge of every body of water in Azeroth, and look to explain the often misunderstood murloc. This is Essence of Azeroth. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ah. Um, I'm so out of practice. So, if all of that didn't make sense, then allow me to translate. The Murloc is an oddity in the diegetic canon of World of Warcraft, mostly because they are one of the few races without a defined starting point and origin. 
More to the point, murlocs are one of the least explained races, despite the fact that you can't swing a tauren 20 feet in any direction without hitting a pack of the little bastards, ready to ruin the day of any low-level character everywhere they go. Just about everyone has a story about bopping along, doing their thing, and grinding out quests, when all of their momentum was brought to a halt by an absolute horde of murlocs. Next thing you know, your body is somewhere in the middle of that madness, and you're just better off resurrecting than trying to go fetch your corpse. We've all been there. So, how did a race of ugly frog people kind of become the mascot for World of Warcraft? Question mark? There's a lot to it, including just the fact that WoW's heyday was during an era of the internet where memes and in-jokes were a major method of transmission for cultural subtext. It was hard to hit an internet forum, guild voice chat, or zone chat without seeing a or being spammed. And maybe I'm alone in this, but I always kind of fall for the sweet simpletons of video games. It's why I have an undying love for Final Fantasy's Tonberry, and why I own multiple Murloc toys, a few shirts, and was even a main for Murky of the Heroes of the Storm video game when Heroes of the Storm was still being supported. Rip F in the chat. So let's talk about the Murloc's place in the Azeroth story their cultural relevance, and what about them is just so likable and hateable. <laughs> Thus far, the origin point of the Murlocs is up to debate and interpretation. The original lore explanation of the race from the first WoW website is vague, saying, Murloc origins are shrouded in mystery. This is due not only to the fact that these creatures appeared on Azeroth shores fairly recently, as far as world history goes anyways, but also because Murlocs shun mortals and rarely, if ever, speak anything but their own garbled language. That said, there are some theories and more recent tangible evidence to suggest that not only are murlocs not a new race, but they may be one of the very oldest on Azeroth, one way or another. The biggest piece of evidence of their age lies with the Wild Gods, or the Ancients, beings that were empowered by the Titans' creation of Azeroth as the first keepers of the planet. These ancients were varied and multiple, with all being enlightened and empowered versions of animals or creatures when Azeroth was in its Big Bang God Worked for Seven Days era. Which, according to our pre-Sundering, pre-Dragonflight timeline, means that the Murlocs may very well predate the Trolls, the oldest of the races besides the Stoneborn. Our link to this information comes from the frog ancient Kragwa, who players may more recently recognize from the lands of the Zandalari as a Loa, playable in the bogs of Nazmir. Each of these ancient wild gods had a spawnling race and followed their creatures that they took responsibility for, and Kragwa was known as the main deity of the Gorlocks, with a G, an ancient murloc race first found in the Sholazar Basin which, if you remember, was basically a giant petri dish for the Titans and their experiments. According to Bran Bronzebeard, the Gorlocks were an offshoot of Kragwa. 
This tracks with a territorial makeup of Northrend as not too far from Sholazar. In the Borean Tundra is a murloc encampment and major quest hub with everyone's favorite, not a Murgle, King Murgle, which was also where players could get a non-convention exclusive baby murloc pet. These murlocs also had some basic communication abilities and weren't immediately hostile to everyone around them, already suggesting that there's more going on in murloc subculture than just cat eating, screaming, and shell trading. Though there's plenty of that too. Or we could just be talking about a different species altogether. After all, it's been rumored that the origin of the Murlocs coincides with the Naga, who were created after the Sundering and the power of Ajara turned all of her followers into terrifying fish folk. It's entirely possible that everything in Ajara My son, the planet or me. suffered a horrible transformation. Does that mean Murlocs were like elf dogs? It's hard to say, but if there's evidence of murlocs before the Sundering, then that seems less likely, especially since a massive murloc is also there at the Battle of the Ancients. A third theory is that murlocs were a deep-sea monstrosity created by the Old Gods, trapped within the core of Azeroth, meant to do the bidding of Nazoth. Early writing from World of Warcraft devs showed that there was a lot of HP Lovecraft references in the world building, and the Murlocs, which connects to a Lovecraft tale in which a man comes across a fish-human hybrid race known as the Deep Ones. So, which is it? In these cases where official canon doesn't provide clear-cut answers, I think the best answer is whichever one you like the most. Personally, I am a fan of the Wild Gods theory, especially since it suggests that the Gorlocks were so unruly and hard to control that they escaped Sholazar Basin at some point, and instead of trying to rein them in and get them back, the Titans were like, eh, that, that's fine, let them go. How much trouble could they get up to? Oops. <laughs> So that mostly answers where the Murlocs come from, but more importantly, what and who are they? In a world such as Azeroth and beyond, where each race is a rich tapestry, it would be easy to assume that one or two of these races are merely there to be stomped on without so much as a second thought. After all, they're just dumb fishmen who throw nets and apparently cause hallucinations when licked. That's in the lore, look it up. But if you look just below the murky surface, murloc pun, you find a species that has become pretty good at playing stupid in order to catch others unaware. While maybe not the smartest, most cohesive species in the world of Warcraft, they're a tribe trying to do their best with a strong emphasis on community and socialism. 
One of my favorite things about murlocs is that despite them being considered stupid frog people in-game, murlocs are varied, organized, and surprisingly coordinated. It's not seen as an accident that murloc camps suddenly appeared all at once across Azeroth way back in Vanilla WoW, after all. While their main language is the Makura-speak of Nurglish, many murlocs have shown to speak other languages and communicate with both Alliance and Horde players at times, as well as the language of the Ancients. I played the clip earlier, but one of my favorite easter eggs is from Heroes of the Storm, and the Dryad hero, hero Lunara who comments that she speaks Nurglish when you have a murky player on your team. She also translates Murky at times, commenting at how rude he is, and I love it. Murlocs are very much pack creatures, which is something highlighted in their religion, which means incredibly shamanistic, and once again is something that lends credence to the idea that Kragwa of the Wild Gods is the race's progenitor. After all, there are more than a few shaman murlocs across WoW lore, and even showcased in Hearthstone. This most likely spawns from their deep connection to nature, and the idea of the Deep Mother, which has been also rumored to be Azjara, as we mentioned, sadly, which represents the ocean, mostly. In murloc theocracy, they don't tend to worship specific gods, but things that represent the things they hold most dear. One tribe will pay homage to the ocean because it's where they were all born, while a tribe of murlocs in a landlocked pond may worship a big tree nearby, or another may provide sacrifice and worship to a really big whale they saw. But all of them are more representative of the connections to nature and the forces of Azeroth created by the Titans. Unfortunately, this also means that the murlocs are super susceptible to worshipping things that don't have their best interests at heart. More than a few times in canon, we've seen murlocs used as fodder and followers for the Naga, cultists, old gods, the Burning Legion, and more. It seems no matter where murloc subspecies are found, whether it's the Jinyu of Pandera, the Deep Murlocs of Vashir, or the Bilgefin of Outworld, they're mostly taken advantage of. One of the more interesting caveats to this rule of being ruled is that murlocs raised in an undeath in Up in Northrend appear to have some kind of resistance to scourge control upon being raised. These murgles also found outside of the ghostlands called the Grimscale tribe. And even in death, the murlocs appear to not be worth the trouble of corralling. Mur I think the murlocs prevail as fan favorites for multiple reasons, but mostly that we love weird fantasy monsters. They make a fun noise, they have a bright colorful design, and then there's baby murlocs. Show me a person who hates baby murlocs, and I will show you a person who probably worships Satan. What's fun is that the lore of murlocs has expanded further with games outside of WoW, with Hearthstone being the big one, and providing a number of fantastic designs and characters, including Sir Finley Murgleton and my favorite, the Frog Knights of the Silver Hand, which is literally a murloc riding a giant frog in paladin armor. Never have I wanted anything more in life than to be a murloc and riding a giant frog. 
Um, and as a side anecdote, my wife and I used to play the World of Warcraft card game, the same one that used to spit out extremely rare mounts that you had to get by scratching the code off of those cards. And I used to run a Murloc-only deck that was primarily comprised of baby Murloc fodder in order to grind out bigger cards. And in, in the WoW card game, Murlocs worked very similarly to how they do in Hearthstone in that they are low cost and you can kind of overwhelm people at a point. And I really loved playing that game. I wish it hadn't died. Rip. Which brings us to the final point of this episode. Uh, will Murlocs ever be a playable race in World of Warcraft? My head says no, but my heart says yes, yes please. I assume they've never been added for the same reason that the Naga haven't. Their non-human design makes it tough to fit with the scale and aesthetic of armor, and weapons that have to fit every kind of character. Also, from a lore standpoint, I would assume a Murloc player character would face a number of obstacles that would kind of wreck things narratively, biggest of which would be that everything would be trying to kill them on sight. But it doesn't mean it won't happen. After all, we're getting a dragon hybrid race soon enough, and if we're being honest, WoW is in territory where they need to make fans happy, and nothing would bring me back to the game quicker than getting to play as a murloc. Thank you for listening to today's episode, uh, the first real one in a year. Um, just some show business to wrap things up. But thank you to everyone who has listened and supported Essence of Azeroth since its launch in late 2020. We are almost at 7,000 downloads total, and that continues to astound me. So please accept my heartfelt apology that I haven't been creating as much with it as I wanted to. However, I foresee my time being far more free than it was, so expect more Essence of Azeroth, especially as we march towards yet another new expansion. Next time on Essence of Azeroth, we finally get to our Theology and Religion episode! Much like how Green Day lost the album they recorded that eventually would become American Idiot, I too lost the original files for the Theology episode that I had already recorded, and basically had to start from scratch. So, keep an eye out for that shortly. Until next time, remember to give Murlocs a chance. Murgle. Ah, um, I'm so out of practice.